my name is Evan and I use he him pronouns. And my name is Ian and I use they them pronouns. And we are the Baker, Baker Street Regulars. Regulars, a podcast where we are taking a queer magnifying glass to the Sherlock Holmes canon and its many adaptations. This is our first casebook. A casebook. Dun dun dun. One of the many minisodes we're doing between full-scale adaptations that lets us talk about some of the other things that are relevant to our exploration of the Holmes canon. Yeah. So this episode is about two of Arthur Conan Doyle's short stories in the Holmes verse. And we'll do a couple of these throughout the season where we keep checking in with important short stories throughout our exploration, but we'll also look at smaller adaptations in this space like VeggieTales, Wishbone, things like that. We'll talk about fan fiction. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, cute little short stuff. Let's dive right in. The two stories we're dealing with this episode are about introducing important Holmesian side characters. So we're looking at a scandal in Bohemia to get introduced to Miss Irene Adler, and the final problem to get introduced to Mr. or Professor Moriarty. Yeah, I was going to say, call him by his actual name. <laughs> right. Address him correctly. Put some respect on the name. Put some respect. Professor James Moriarty. So let's start with A Scandal in Bohemia. For this one, Ian's read one and I've read the other. So this is sort of our book report for each other. Mm-hmm. So you tell me about what happens in Scandal in Bohemia, and then I'll interject with my characteristic wit. So shall we do some fast facts before sure. we get started? Yes, please. All righty. So Scandal in Bohemia, it is the third overall work featuring Sherlock Holmes by Arthur Conan Doyle. It's also the first of the 56 Holmes short stories written by Doyle. And it was first published in 1891 in the July issue of the Strand Magazine. Which is where a lot of the Sherlock Holmes stories were published. Mm -hmm. So, Scandal in Bohemia is a quick little mystery that involves the Grand Duke of Cassel Felsine, an hereditary king of Bohemia. He visits 221B Baker Street. First is like in disguise. You know, he has a cute little disguise on, but Holmes figures out pretty quickly Wait, what's that the disguise? I think it's like he's like the F- Count Van Cram is what he calls himself <laughs> so he doesn't so he's still a nobleman yeah he's still a nobleman you know he's still got money but and Holmes is like mm, you're the king of Bohemia right I can tell by like your <laughs> shoes and like some of the fancy garb that you're wearing you're, you're the king of Bohemia like knock it off uh-huh. buddy and the king explains that five years prior he had a secret relationship with an American opera singer named Irene Adler. And now, you know, he's set to marry a very young Scandinavian princess, but worries that her family will call the marriage off should they learn about this secret relationship. And Irene has a photograph of Adler and him together, which he gave her as a token. And now she threatens to, you know, send to his fiance's family scandalous right so the thing that wait so the thing that he's upset is that someone will find out that he was with her or is it a scandalous photograph in some way it's it's that they were together Mm, okay because i think if i remember correctly he was he's always been kind of like betrothed or meant to be with this princess Mm. and she's a very jealous type as he says i see so if she finds out or anybody finds out that you know this happens it's going to cause humongous scandal in bohemia and could actually cause money to be lost we can't have that 
Now, can we? Certainly not. So Holmes and Watson are entrusted to, you know, find this picture and retrieve this picture. The Count has tried many different times, but Irene Adler has gotten away every single time. So he thinks that, you know, the world's greatest detective would be able to figure it out. Reasonable. Yeah. So the next morning, Holmes disguise as this kind of like older gentleman and follows Adler and her soon to be husband Norton to a nearby church where he is unexpectedly asked to be a witness to their wedding. So a little bit of backstory on that. Prior to this disguise, you know, he sees Irene and he sees this man named Norton and they're kind of conversing with each other. You know, he's always pacing in our house at some points and he's like, that's an accomplice. And so he follows both Irene and Norton on that day. And then the next day he's like, I'm going to get them and find out where they're both going together. Cause it seems like they're going somewhere together. And so he disguises himself, follows them to a church, sneaks in the back. It is him, the couple and a priest. And the priest is like, ah, somebody is here. Great. This is wonderful. Cause I guess the priest was not going to marry them unless they had a witness. That is how that works. So, it also seems like shoddy planning on their part. Right. So Holmes just becomes witness to this marriage that Irene is having to Norton. So afterwards, after that disguise, he dons a new disguise as another old person. And this is getting ageist. Right. But, you know, he disguises himself as an old person and has this really great executed plan to find this photograph. And he asks Watson, you know, no matter what happens, do not do anything. This this is going to be dangerous for me. And if you get involved, it's going to ruin the whole thing. So wait, what's Watson been doing this whole time? So Watson is just watching. He is carrying a little, like, rocket like type thing that also deposits smoke and when Holmes gives the signal he is to throw it in Adler's window mm-hmm. okay so he's standing outside yeah he's standing outside so this is interesting because I feel like everything a lot of the things you've described so far Watson isn't present for like Watson doesn't go to the church no so like Holmes has to describe these things to Watson later right, right. well he does but he doesn't in his Sherlockian way ah. you know he's like this is all part of the plan. This is all good. Follow me. <laughs> oh, so there's no, like, like I've ma- made mistakes, but he's just like, there's some bluster going on, or he's genuinely as part of the plan? There's no mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's just like, we're going. <laughs> okay. So, he's this guy's an old man, and he kind of gets involved with a kerfuffle outside of Irene's house, as Irene is pulling up in her, like, little cabbie. Mm-hmm. and Sherlock ho- hurts himself and Irene is like let's get this poor old man inside the house and so Irene brings him inside and you know he's sitting on the couch by a window which Watson can see Holmes and then Holmes is able to get a window open by saying I need fresh air and then Holmes gives a signal Watson throws in the little smoke bomb thing and yells, fire, fire. And of course, when somebody's yelling fire, everybody comes out and watches. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you do in that time. Of course. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but there's no TV yet. And Holmes' whole idea is that during this, Irene will reveal where the photo is. Mm-hmm. So Holmes leaves the house and Watson is like, did you find it? And he's like, I know where it is. 
Mm-hmm. And so calls for the king and, you know, explains to the king, like, I know where this photo is. It is behind a painting because when women are involved with a fire in a house, they usually grab for really important things. If she had grabbed for the jewelry box, he would have known that it was in the jewelry box. If she had grabbed, you know, something else, he would have known it was there. But she went to check on a portrait and it is behind a portrait. This feels like the old Arthur Conan Doyle sexism again. Like, only women do this? (laughs) Really? A little bit, yeah. But it is what Holmes deduces and they go, all right, King Watson tomorrow, we're going to go get the photo. So the next morning... They arrive at Adler's house and a maid servant, you know, answers at the door and like, hey, she's not here. She knew you were coming. There's a little note for you. <laughs> and and also she left the country via train earlier that morning with her husband. So Holmes goes to the photograph hiding spot, finds a photo of Irene Adler in an evening dress and a letter addressed to him. And in the letter, Adler tells Holmes that she's left England and that she knew that it was Holmes the whole time because, you know, she's an actress herself. She can spot a disguise a mile away. But she says, you know, I have married this man. I have found the love of my life. I'm not going to do any harm to the king. I will keep the picture, but I will promise you I will not do anything with this picture now. I have no reason to. So why is she keeping it? Just because. Souvenir? Yeah. Yeah. I think just in case it goes into the wrong hands of somebody else. I also love the her being like, I can recognize disguises because Holmes cannot. In the last in the last episode, we talked about a study in Scarlet where he totally misses someone being disguised as an old woman mm-hmm. when it's a young man, and he's doing the exact same disguise. It sounds like right, but this is also another example of Holmes being got. Yes, like he doesn't really successfully solve the case. It's kind of miraculous that she's like you know what i married the love of my life i don't need to have my little petty revenge so the king is safe and the king is so grateful you know gives holmes money he's like this is the best case scenario i'm really happy with this i'm happy that she found love she was kind of the one that got away from me but you know what i'm happy for her interesting and holmes asks because originally the king was going to take the picture of irene and Holmes asks to keep the photo himself. And it's kind of a way for Holmes to, you know, think of the woman who outsmarted him. And from this day forward, you know, Watson says Holmes only refers to her as the woman. Huh. Huh. And that's a scandal. Huh. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I think there's a couple of examples across the Holmes canon of... Holmes being glad that someone who is, like, justified or right, like, got away with whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, there are times when Holmes protects the innocent, even when it's not in the letter of the law. And this isn't quite that. This is him, like, trying to arraign the innocent, and then being like, "Ah, I guess it's fine. She got away. The whole him calling her the woman business also feels like Holmesian sexism of the sort of like, well, only one woman is ever going to outsmart me, and I found the one woman who will, and I guess that's the woman now, you know? Yeah, but and, isn't she like really the only one, like the only woman who has, if I'm not mistaken? I don't know. I mean, you you said this was one of the earlier stories, so I wonder if 
in stories after this. He he. I mean, I don't think Holmes gets outsmarted to the stories very often. Maybe not though. I don't know. Yeah. It's a fun little read that has a lot of little twists and turns that you don't expect. You know, I wasn't expecting a wedding mm-hmm. to happen in the middle of the story. Right? You love a wedding? Yeah. I wasn't expecting, you know, her to figure out the disguise and figure out that this was all a ruse. You know? And she's the one that got away. Right. So... Is there a queer reading of Scandal in Bohemia? Probably not. I think this is maybe the straightest one. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a straight wedding. And then Holmes kind of has this infatuation with her. But it it's, seems like an intellectual fascination, yeah. not a romantic one. Right. It sounds like we don't get much Watson in this story. No, not a lot of Watson. He's kind of there for the little plan at the end. But other than that, he's just there. Oh, the other thing about Watson is this is at a time where he is married. Mm -hmm. So he is not around Holmes that much. He's kind of back and forth in the house. So him being there when the King of Bohemia is there is kind of on accident because he was just doing like a quick little visit. Mm, Interesting. And, you know, Watson a couple of times is like, you know, I should go. Like, you're doing your thing. I should go. And Holmes is like, I insist. Sit. You're in this. Yeah. You're part of this now. Yeah. You're in the narrative. Which is really fun and really cute as well because Holmes is like, come on, buddy. It's like old times. Old times. Yeah. This was so early in the canon of when the stories were written, and I didn't realize that there were stories where Watson was already married so early in the canon. We're not going to give it an official rating, but what about some of the other things? Did you find the mystery thrilling? Yeah, I thought it's it's less of like a murder mystery and just like a get the thing mystery or like... Oh, a MacGuffin? Not even, yeah, a little bit of that, but also like we got to rob. We got to rob the house sort of like a, a Robin Hood or those familiar with video games would know like Sly Cooper, the raccoon. It also feels like a great encapsulation of not only do I support women's rights, I also support women's wrongs. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But Irene doesn't really do really mm, any wrongs in mm-hmm. this. I think the most wrong is like she's like possibly going to blackmail the king. But other than that, she's kind of just living her life. Yeah. In the rest of the story. I think it's suspicious that she keeps the photograph, though. Well, she doesn't say why. She's just like, I'm going to keep it just... just in- she doesn't say why, but yeah. she's kind of like, I'm not going to do anything with it. Hmm. And honestly, like, again, I can deduce that it's like to not let it get in through the wrong hands. It's it's also interesting because, like, no crime has been committed. You know? No. There's, there's no one really to be brought to justice just the monarch of a foreign power is asking is asking Holmes to interfere with a British citizen minding her own business. I, I would, based off of like some of the wording, I would say the king is a little bit like, this needs to be brought to justice and Holmes is a little bit like, okay. Does it though? It's just a picture, but I, I got you. Interesting. It's, it's going to be a scandal, so we don't want that. So, okay. Hmm. Well, I suppose that brings us to the final problem. Yeah, what is the final problem? What is the final problem? Okay, so Fast Facts for the Final Problem, published in 1893 and set in 1891, it introduces 
Professor Moriarty, the criminal mastermind, the Napoleon of crime, intended to be the final home story. This is from Wikipedia. Intended to be the final home story ending with the character's death. But, of course, we know how that went. Right. It is near the end of volume one in our collection of, of two volumes. Conan Doyle said that it was his fourth favorite of the 12 best Holmes stories. Interesting. So this is the death of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. The story starts with Watson being like, I didn't want to write this, <laughs> which I think may just maybe Arthur Conan projecting. Watson's like, I didn't want to write this, but I need to set the record straight about mm-hmm. some things that have been published recently <laughs> about, about the death of, of Professor Moriarty. He was not an honorable man. Let me tell you what's really happening. This is also after his marriage. I'm going to quote the book here. It may be remembered that after my marriage and my subsequent start in private practice as a doctor, the very intimate relations which had existed between Holmes and myself became, to some extent, modified. He still came to me from time to time when he desired a companion in his investigations, but these occasions grew more and more seldom. There's kind of a rift between them. A little bit. They've kind of grown apart. Holmes is sad. Watson is doing his own thing. Holmes is still doing his own thing, but they're doing it separately, mm-hmm. which is which is a little sad. So, Holmes just shows up at his door one day, mm-hmm. uh, looking a little unwell, and and feeling very paranoid. He's like, "Close the window. I'm going to step away from the windows. I hope you don't mind that when I leave, I'm going to go out your back door and over your garden wall." Not a metaphor. Um, <laughs> And then he explains why. And he's like, so for many years when we were working together and separately, I became aware that there was some force, some hidden figure that I was not aware of in the criminal world that was tipping the scales of justice, providing for crime, helping guilty people get off, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that man is Professor Moriarty. And he has his fingers in all the pies. He is controlling this vast criminal gang, but he, to all intents and purposes, is a professor of mathematics at a college. So he's like the criminal mastermind, like the godfather of London. Exactly. But in the appearance of a humble professor, and very smart, and he's been smart enough to hide his identity from Holmes for a long time, mm. and he's only just discovered it, and he's getting closer, he's drawing the net tight around and getting ready to, to apprehend him. He's trying to get the police to Get, put a case together to get the police to arrest his gang and Moriarty, the man himself. Well, nobody suspects a math teacher. I mean, they're boring. <laughs> right, exactly. So, all of this came to a head a few days ago when Moriarty himself showed up at Holmes's house and they have a, like, wits-off, effectively, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, like, they're just deducing back and forth. <laughs> Moriarty's like, it's dangerous to keep a loaded gun in the pocket of your dressing gown. So Holmes takes it out, and then... God, that must have been annoying. It is. And then, <laughs> the, um, this is the amazing part. This is the great exchange. Uh, he says, all that I have to say has already crossed your mind. And Sherlock says, then possibly my answer has crossed yours. <laughs> like, they don't even need to have the conversation. They both know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that? No, that feels like the ultimate, like, it feels like two, like, gym bros at the gym being like, <laughs> I can lift this giant weight. No, I can lift higher than you or more right. than you, bruh. Yeah, that, that's kind of the vibe. They're both they're both showing off a little bit. But even worse with nerds. But the basic vibe is that Moriarty's like, knock it off like stop trying to apprehend me and Sherlock's like no 
I'm not gonna. <laughs> and then, like, immediately following, Holmes has withstood several attempts on his life. Like, he was nearly struck by a speeding carriage in a, a street. A, like, brick fell off of a house that he was walking under. And some random guy tried to beat him up. And it's all been within, like, a day or so, basically. And that has all led up to him going to Watson's mm. house. And bringing the trouble to Watson? What kind of well, boyfriend? Is- well, this is the thing. is He actually he does not need to include Watson in this. This is sort of the incredible part of this. He's like, the police are a couple days away from being able to move. I think like I, I think all the pieces in place, but they can't do anything. I have to be able to testify when the police are making the arrests and the trial happens. So I'm going to get out of the country for a couple days. Won't you come with me? <laughs> like He's just like, Watson, I would appreciate some company. Mm. as I go on this journey and I would like you to come with me on this vacation like it's effectively a road trip that they're doing with the threat of constant death at their heels it's like a buddy comedy movie and also because this is leading up to the death of Sherlock Holmes and and there's this like you've already thought of everything I was going to do thing between him and Moriarty I have to wonder if like he knows this is going to lead to his death and he just wants to like spend some time with Watson in his final weeks. Aww. Right? It's so sad. It's really sad and sweet. So they put together this uh, like elaborate scheme for Watson to get to the train station without being noticed. He's going to like take a cab, but not the first or the second cab, just like a random cab. And then he's going to get to the station at a specific time and get picked up by another cab, which, as it turns out, is uh, Sherlock's brother, Mycroft, who we haven't met yet in our readings, but is, mm-hmm. is an important character and get driven to the train station and go to the last car and get on which is the which will be like the a private reserved car and there's this like old italian man who's at you see where this is going already i'm sure there's this old italian man who is at the station who he sees like arguing with the porter about trying to understand english and the porter seats him in the in the reserved cabin and Watson's like oh I'm kind of annoyed by that i thought where's home is supposed to be oh no the train is pulling away I'm stuck with this old Italian man. Is it Holmes? It's Holmes. Hey. <laughs> and what is? What do you think his Italian accent sounds like? Oh God, I do you think it's like a bit of that? Right, it probably is that offensive, knowing the time period. <laughs> a um, little Yahoo! <laughs> it's, right, it's just Mario Mario. <laughs> As the train is pulling out, Moriarty like arrives at the station, mm-hmm. like having tried to follow them, and then Holmes is like. I've already thought of what he'll do. He's going to charter a special train to chase after us. We're going to get off at this station so that he overtakes us. So Holmes is like, Moriarty is not quite so smart as me. He will not realize that I've thought through his deductions and will have counteracted them already. We can, we, so we're going to get off here and we're going to take this other route to get where we're going. And then they like spend the next couple weeks going through the European countryside. <gasps> it's like a nice little trip it's like french kiss with meg ryan i haven't seen it uh, <laughs> i don't know does she die at the end no <laughs> but but it's fun this sounds kind of fun there's a couple times they have a couple like close scrapes with death like like a, a rock falls off a cliff and then holmes rushes up and the guide is like oh no it just it just happens rocks fall holmes, <laughs> holmes is like mm, not just as i suspected he sounds a little bit paranoid well but he's right Ultimately, the Moriarty is still chasing after them. That's fair. But it's also like, 
kind of sweet and kind of romantic that they're like doing like this cute little vacation and going like sightseeing. And yes, that's exactly what it is. And like, even though there's like constant death, like Holmes is like being protective, probably. That's not textual. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm making it that way in mm-hmm. my mind. You know, Holmes is protecting his yeah. his his little boyfriend. Well, but arguably, like the more protective thing to do would have been to not involve him at all. Like he's taking this risk that like indicates that this is what he wants. You know, he wants to have company, or he wants to he wants to get it in before he goes. So they also get word at this time that the arrests have been carried out and that like 40 some odd gang members have been arrested, but Moriarty has escaped the country somehow. So it's been published at this point that people know that he's involved in this criminal organization now, but he's out of the country, which as Holmes points out means that he has nothing to lose anymore, right? He can kill Holmes because he might as well at this point. Right. Watson also describes Holmes as being in very good spirits during this, but he also seems to be closing the chapter of his life he seems to know where this is all headed he says at one point i think that i may go so far as to say watson that i have not lived wholly in vain if my record were closed tonight i could still survey it with equanimity the air of london is the sweeter for my presence in over a thousand cases i am not aware that i have ever used my powers upon the wrong side Hmm. and he also says that if his career could end with taking out moriarty that would be enough for him yeah which is foreshadowing I feel like if I was reading this, I'd be like, why are you being sweet? <laughs> Shouldn't you be a dick by now? Right. Right. I mean, it's it's really nice and sweet that he's, like, being all, like, kind and everything and, like, reflective. Like, that's cool. This all leads to them going to the Swiss town of Meringen, where they are told they must observe the Reichenbach Falls. So they go, they take a trip up to the falls, when suddenly a, like, Swiss page boy arrives with stationery from the hotel and a note from the hotel manager that they're, where they're staying that an English lady has taken ill and would Dr. Watson please come and uh, see to her as she's may breathe her last and she's racist and doesn't want to see a Swiss doctor. So Watson returns to the hotel and upon arriving there, the hotel guy is like, I didn't send for you. It must have been that tall English gentleman who was just here. <laughs> and Watson is already running back to the top of Bef- the falls. Before he could even finish his sentence, he's like, bye. Yeah, totally. Totally before he could finish the sentence. Cloud of smoke. And so he gets to the top and Holmes' Holmes's walking stick is still where it was, but there's no sign of Holmes. And he sees that the footprints lead towards the edge of the falls and the, the brush around the falls are trampled and he sees Holmes' cigarette case on a rock and below it there's a note. Mm-hmm. I'll just read you the whole note. My dear Watson, mm-hmm. I write these few lines through the courtesy of Mr. Moriarty who awaits my convenience for the final discussion of those questions which lie between us. He has been giving me a sketch of the methods by which he avoided the English police and kept himself informed of our movements. They certainly confirm the very high opinion which I had formed of his abilities. I am pleased to think that... There's just a lot of Moriarty stuff here. I am pleased to think that I shall be able to free society from any further effects of his presence, though I fear it is at a cost which will give pain to my friends, especially 
my dear Watson, to you. I've already explained to you, however, that my career had in any case reached its crisis and that no possible conclusion to it could be more congenial to me than this. Indeed, if I may make a full confession to you, I was quite convinced the letter from Meringen was a hoax and I allowed you to depart on that errand under the persuasion that some development of this sort would follow. Tell Inspector Patterson that the papers which he needs to convict the gang are in pigeonhole M, done up in a blue envelope and inscribed in Moriarty. I made every disposition of my property before leaving England and handed it to my brother Mycroft. Pray give my greetings to Mrs. Watson and believe me to be my dear fellow, very sincerely yours, Sherlock Holmes. Believe me to be very sincerely yours. They're in love. Sherlock certainly is. Sherlock's in love. That's basically it. There's a paragraph after this. It says, an examination by experts showed that the two men struggled and then both pitched off the falls to their deaths no bodies no bodies it says any attempt at recovering the bodies was absolutely hopeless because of the because of the height and the passion of the waters and so on and then this is how the story ends Uh, about Holmes I have endeavored to clear his memory by attacks upon him whom I shall ever regard as the best and wisest man whom I have ever known aww they're in love. They're in love. His boyfriend died. His boyfriend died. That's that's the that was the end of Sherlock Holmes for, for years. For years, yeah. yeah. There's a, a story which is probably not true that some people in England wore black armbands to mourn the loss of Sherlock Holmes. People were very upset about it. Interesting. Why black? Oh, in mourning. Like more than oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But Arthur Conan Doyle was never very interested in writing the Sherlock Holmes stories. He always felt like they were keeping him from doing something more literary or more important, which is very funny because this is, you know, the thing he's remembered for. This is his monument in some mm-hmm. ways. And what did he write in those eight years? Who knows? Right. I mean, it is a pretty, like, fun story and fun way to end Sherlock Holmes? Well, and there's this idea which he sort of used again in Hound of the Baskervilles, which is like, finally a criminal worthy of going up against Sherlock Holmes, like right. someone as devious and cunning as as Sherlock Holmes. And this idea of Moriarty, who's introduced in this story, but then shows up again in later stories, but never, never so significantly, mm-hmm. I think has been irresistible to the people who adapt Sherlock Holmes stories because he's like the big evil villain. Like, what could be more devious than the Napoleon of crime? McCavity the mystery cat. McCavity the mystery cat. So, uh, one of the reasons that I thought we should deal with both of these stories is that, like, I think a lot of adaptations deal with Moriarty, and I think a lot of adaptations deal with Irene Adler as well. Or some Irene Adler-like character. I was going to say, I when reading it, and then like kind of looking into Irene, even on the Wikipedia, they kind of say, like, there have been many adaptations of Irene Adler that people don't really know what to do with her. Totally, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different... You know, is she evil? Is she an ally is she her own thing is she in love with Sherlock is Sherlock in love with her like I think there's a lot of like questions and I don't know how often we get a version that is just as simple as it is in the story which is just she was doing her own thing and she had smarted homes and got away and he respects her for it you know or people just don't like that 
Right. They, it, seems, it seems like authors, especially maybe male authors, want it to be some sort of like, she's in love with him, he's in love with her, or something, you know. Or she's bad, but because she loves him, or she wants to save him, or, you know, like like all these like more complicated, sexist in different ways things. Right. Moriarty's interesting because I think he's also gets misunderstood in adaptations because he's just... He's escaped Sherlock's notice for a long time. He's just running a criminal empire pretending to be a bath professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not, you know, most of the Sherlock Holmes stories are about Sherlock Holmes dealing with, like, normal people. I mean, King of Bohemia aside, a lot of the times it's it's common people. And, uh, you know, he's not dealing with the, the worst of the worst evil masterminds every week. He's dealing with petty disputes. Th- right. th- things stolen. People have died under mysterious circumstances, that kind of thing. So... Interesting to see adaptationally how we get both. And I'm curious to see if we do like have that plot point, like that end plot point of the falls in any adaptations in the future, what oh, they do with that. I know we do. Because I can I can see a lot of writers doing it and then letting Holmes live. Which is what Conan Doyle did. Yeah. Yeah, I can think of two significant adaptations where they do the falls and then, like, Sherlock watches his own funeral. So, like, we in the audience know that he's still alive. Interesting. Yeah. There's no hint of that in Doyle's story because Doyle was trying to kill him. Right. I I guess, I mean, I know Hounds was, like, the first one after that. But, like, what was the story that really like brought him back like is there a story that like watson is like you're alive totally it's called the empty house got it i think we'll we'll cover it perfect i'm excited for that but first next week we're covering our first film adaptation which is 1939's the hound of the baskervilles yes one of the nigel bruce basil rathbone films Mm -hmm. so that episode will be out in one week's time yes We've been your Baker Street regulars. And we'll see you next time. Bye.